morning. We have two wonderful youth pastors. Uh, you heard Pastor Rick sing this morning, play. I'm going to ask Sister, uh, Pastor Christy to come up this morning. She is going to be bringing the word this morning. And I will caution you, be careful. Don't back into the manger. Jesus isn't there, so you won't hurt him. But it is my privilege this morning to turn this pulpit over to Pastor Christy Minshew. God bless you. Thank you, guys. We have uh, had such a great service already, and it's been so full. And I, you might be tempted to be like, oh, let's call it a wrap. Let's go get some lunch. And I get that because I'm hungry, too. But uh, I was thinking about it. You know, Jesus said, uh, man does not live on bread alone, but by the word of God, right? And, and I promise you, he has given me an awesome word for you guys. And um, so stick with me for just a few minutes. And, and also, I want to thank um, Pastor David and, and Sister Ruth for allowing me the privilege to come and speak to you. And it is a great honor, and I do not take it lightly. And um, I love you guys. So... I'm sorry, I'm not really nervous. I'm just like bursting with what God has for you because he loves you so much and he's got a really special word for you today from his word. It's not from me, but it is what he spoke through the Holy Spirit to tell me, to tell you. And um, so I want to start by asking you guys to extend me just a little bit of trust. Um, I know that you don't know me super well yet, but I'm telling you, I love Jesus and I serve him and I live by the word of God. So I'm just what I have to say, if you're not real familiar with the word, it might, you might be tempted to be offended at first, and the devil tries to tell us those lies so that we'll shut off and stop listening, but I'm just going to ask you at the beginning to, to grant me a little bit of trust, and then I'm going to show it to you in his word, um, that, what, that what I'm telling you is his truth. Um, and I want to also say that I didn't think of what I wanted to say and then try and find scriptures to go along with what I had to say. I, I went through the scriptures to see what God wanted to say to you and it's awesome. So um, I'm just going to get right to it. What I'd like to talk about today is why the Holy Spirit should be an integral part of the Christmas story. Integral meaning essential to completeness. I know that when we talk about the Christmas story and Jesus coming as a baby, we don't necessarily or haven't in the past um, think about the Holy Spirit and what the role the Holy Spirit plays in that. But I hope that after today that you will never separate the two again because they, they, it is complete. Um, so number one, Jesus came as a man. This is very important for us to grasp as we continue on. Jesus came as a man. Yes, he is fully God, but he fully came as a man. And you don't have to trust me. Listen, in Hebrews 2, 14, 15, and 17, since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity that by his death, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who, have, who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. Skip to 17. For this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. There's more verses, especially 
um, Philippians 2.5, if you want to go there later and read that, it's also explaining that Jesus came as a man. Um, and this is why he's our perfect example. And it's just amazing to me that he loved us so much. God, he had everything in heaven. He is God. And he, he came to earth as a man and lived among us as a man, not as God. But he came, I mean, he is God. I'm not going to get ahead of myself. But he came as a man and that he, he, everything that he did on the earth in his earthly ministry was as a man so that it would be our perfect example to how to live. Nothing he did is out of our reach, and he said that. He promised that to us, and that is mind-boggling if you will grasp onto that. The second question, why did Jesus come? Well, again, let's go right to the word. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So he came to forgive us of our sins, right? He's the only one who can make atonement for us and so that we could have everlasting life. Okay, let's go to John 10.10. 10. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. And this is so awesome because look how it connects to John 6 verse 63. This is, I didn't give this to you, but I'm just going to read it, so listen up. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. And if you look at John 10.10, 10, he says he's come to give us life. And if you remember in the verse I just read, it's the Spirit who gives life, and the, um, the words are the Spirit, and they are life. And I hope that you can start to, start to connect all these things and how they're together. And let's go back to the Christmas story. In Luke 135, it says, The angel answered and said to her, this is Gabriel speaking to Mary, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Do you ever think about that, how the Holy Spirit is already an integral part of the, of the story of Jesus on earth? I mean, I haven't, but the Lord pointed me out. He's like right there at the beginning. It was the Holy Spirit that, um, and I don't even know the right terminology, but it says that Jesus came as flesh. He, the Holy Spirit put Jesus inside of Mary as a little ball of cells or whatever you call it, that, that he was in her womb. He grew as a, as a child would, as any baby, as your children grew inside of you. Like he, he was just like us. He grew in her womb. And um, the, the, the Bible doesn't tell us a lot about Jesus' life as a boy, but what he does tell us, I love it, but um, it's not what, here's what it says, he, that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature, and that, remember the story about when he would go in the synagogues when he was a boy and preach, and where Mary and Joseph had left him, so he grew in wisdom and stature, stature just means height, which is what we, is not supernatural, right, we all grow in, in height, and we all grow in wisdom, hopefully, as a, but that, so it's not superhuman, is my point. We can do it, and we can also speak in synagogues. We may not, but we are capable as human beings of doing that. Are you with me? Okay, now look in Luke 3. This is, that's pretty much all we know. Um, it says that he grew in favor with God and men, also something that we can do as humans, um, as mere men but now we're in Luke 3 and this is right where Jesus um, walks up to John the Baptist and is about to get baptized it says when all the people were baptized it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized and while he prayed the heaven op was opened and the Holy Spirit 
descended in bodily form like a dove upon him, and a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved son, in you I am well pleased. And then I want right down to John 1, 33 and 34. And John, we're talking about John the Baptist, bore witness saying, I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove and he remained upon him. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water, meaning God, said to me, upon whom you see the spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the son of God. So... This is my point. It was after Jesus received the Holy Spirit that he began his ministry, right, of teaching and performing miracles. Everybody in agreement? He, up until that point, he just lived as a man, which in its own way is just amazing that he did that for us. He was a carpenter and he grew, but once he received the Holy Spirit, then he began his ministry and performing miracles. Um, in Luke 4, 1, this is just right after he was baptized by John. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan, where he was baptized, and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days. And skip right down to 14. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. It was a mere man that Jesus received as a mere man that Jesus received the Holy Spirit and as a man walking in the power of the Holy Spirit who healed the sick, made the lame to walk, deaf to hear, blind to see, cast out demons and brought the dead to life. And what I'm saying is he did this on purpose because this is the access that we have, right? This is our example to live as Christians. Jesus came to earth and died for our sins and, and, it, and then when he left, he left so that his Holy Spirit could come. And that's why he said, it's, it's right here. I'm not making it up. John 16, 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. So if the Holy Spirit is that important to Jesus, it should be of the utmost importance to us. Amen. Right? Because otherwise we just look like the world, to be honest. And we... Um, we, we talk like the world, we think like the world, we reason like the world, we mourn like the world, and, um, and we just, I just think that this is one of the Satan's biggest um, deceptions on the body of Christ, that we just have our eyes down, and we're just going through life, and, and the, Jesus said there'd be troubles, right? But he said that I have come, that I've overcome the world, so take heart, but we just, like every day, and it's just bad things are happening, and we get burdened, and we choose to carry those burdens, and we don't give them to Jesus, and um, people don't want what we have because it looks just like what they have, right? And I'm saying this in love, and really it's not from me. In fact, I tried to, I talked to God about it. I was like, I'm not really qualified to say these things because I've had sufferings and trials but I was like God it doesn't compare to what some of these people have gone through I haven't lost a child I haven't lost a spouse uh, you know I haven't lost a parent even yet and and I haven't um, endured the sicknesses that some of you have and I try to God like why are they going to believe this coming from me and God just swiftly and gently reminded me that it is not my experiences that qualify me it is the word of God and his word is true and it does not return void and and he does not want us to allow our circumstances to be our God. You understand what I'm saying? Like, 
no matter what happens in your experiences, it does not change God and it doesn't change his word. And if you look at his word and the life that he has for us, it, it, sh it should line up. And I'm telling you, for a lot of people, a lot of Christians, it doesn't. And I think it was awesome because I didn't talk to Pastor David about the lighting the candle thing. But um, the Bible says that Jesus came as a light of the world and that we are sons and daughters of the light. And so that means that we, we can't remain in darkness. I'm not, I'm not making light of, of your pain or your suffering. And there's so many verses where Jesus says he's close to the brokenhearted and, and he cares for us and all these things. We go through these things, but they're not our God. And we, we cannot, as sons and daughters of light, remain in darkness. I got, I'm, I'm going to get to a scripture about that, but um, it's in... I didn't give this to you guys, but it's in 1 Thessalonians 5, 4. It's, we are sons of light, not in darkness. And we just can't be fully effective in our mission without the Holy Spirit, you know? We have this one life to live, right? Those, this one life to give is what I mean to say. And so, like, let's not, let's not screw it up by just being focused on us and what's wrong or, or any of these things. But, man... Like, if we can be that light and just walk in the power of the Holy Spirit and lead people to him, once we get to heaven, you know, so we'll get caught up and be like, oh, I'm just make it to heaven a few more weary days. You know, if we, if we just drag our feet and the devil's like, woohoo, I got them. Yeah, but they might make it to heaven, but they're not taking anybody with them because they're ineffective. And Jesus paid a high price for us to live in the whole, with the Holy Spirit and in his power. And there's another verse in the Bible about like us being worthy of the call. But the good news is we don't have to strive. And it, like you might be thinking, let me get to that. Um, oh, I also wanted to say, you think about living by circumstances. You think about Solomon, King Solomon. He had like everything anybody could possibly want in worldly measures. He, I mean, he had all the riches. He had any woman he wanted. Um, he had everything, right? He even had a good mom and dad. His mama loved him. His dad was a man after God's own heart. Like, what didn't he have or have access to? And yet you got him in Ecclesiastes 2.7 being like, I hate life, like wanting to die and talking about how everything's meaningless. But then you think about Paul, and he's, what, chained, beaten, whipped, slandered. Um, they, they tried to stone him. He's beaten by a snake. He had a thorn in his flesh that he asked God to remove, and God said, no, my grace is sufficient. And yet he wrote, like, the majority of the books in the New Testament um, encouraging the saints and spreading the gospel. And so my point is, don't allow your circumstances to, to dictate who God is and who you present to the world. Um, so the Holy Spirit, remember, Jesus walked in the power of the Holy Spirit exactly like we can and as exactly how we should. As a man, he did this. I know we get caught up in thinking, well, he was Jesus, you know. But Jesus said we'd do greater things than him, and he raised the dead. I mean, it's real. It's real. It's not just a story. These are not just words. Like, this, this is real. Um, in John 14, 26, this is what the Holy Spirit does for us, and this is what Jesus said. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Well, that's nice because I don't always remember. But the Holy Spirit, he will teach me everything and help me remember. I'm, I'm leaning on that. John 14, 16. 
And I will pray to the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. And again, I just want to say, like in John 12, Jesus said that he has come as a light into the world, and that whoever believes in him should not abide in darkness. And I put this by this verse um, because it says abide. We should not abide. We can be sad for a time. I'm not saying that's wrong. We all do that. And I'm about to tell you a story of when I did that. But we don't abide there. We don't stay there. We abide with the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of truth. That's where we abide. Romans 8.26 says, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through world, wordless groans, like the speaking in tongues. And so that's another awesome thing, the Holy Spirit, that we need. Acts 1.8, I love this one. This is Jesus speaking, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, I've sometimes I've prayed, because you, you read in the Bible, Jesus says, I only do what I see the Father doing, and I only say uh, what he says. And so when I prayed, I've been like, God, that's what, that's what I want to do. This is, that's what I want to do. And I'm like, well, how do I do that? And then just the other day, he showed me. It's like right here. Uh, it says John 16, 13 through 15. He, Jesus explained it, I mean, word for word right here. He said, Whenever, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, being the Holy Spirit will not speak on the, his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. The Holy Spirit will tell us things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine, and, and Jesus says he takes from the Father, and declare it to you to us so it's by the holy spirit oh there's our answer the holy spirit we need the holy spirit um and like i was saying before and i'm almost done here um oh, the devil might be putting some thoughts of like oh that she's right like now i really need to read my bible some more so i can understand i really need to spend at least an hour in prayer this morning but here there's freedom and i want you to hear it because it's so awesome. And those things will come afterwards. It's not that you, we don't have to work and strive to be like Jesus because it says in 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18, now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, there's freedom. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the spirit of the Lord. So when you have the Holy Spirit in your life, he transforms you from glory to glory. So guess what? That means we don't have to sit here and try all the time and try and do our best to become what we want to become. It's by the Holy Spirit. Um, I want to share just, just two quick personal things just to, um, because it was exa it's exactly what this verse says. I was in the doctor's office. I guess it's been a couple months now. But I was in the doctor's office, and there was a, um, a teenager sitting close to me with her mama, and she was pregnant. And I knew, I felt, I knew that the, the Holy Spirit was telling me to go and pray for her. And I was like, ooh, like so awkward, you know. Like, they're here. She seemed happy. She didn't look distraught. Like, um, we were all there for, to see the doctor, not for 
crazy girl to come pray for you who doesn't know you. But I knew God said it, and and so I was like, okay, God, I do it. But I was I was nervous, and I was trying to um, muster up the courage to go over there and say. And I was trying to think of what words to say, you know, to where she wouldn't get scared or call the police. And so. Um, anyway, so while I'm trying to muster up my courage here, I just said, Holy Spirit, um, give me boldness. And guys, it was instant. Like, he gave me boldness. I leaned forward, and I started talking to her, and I prayed for her, and I prayed for her baby, that that baby would receive salvation. And my point is, is I asked the Holy Spirit, and he gave it. Not that he... And they, I had never realized that before. I don't have to try so hard. I don't have to muster it up myself. That's exactly the, the work of the Holy Spirit. Oh, isn't that a relief? Okay, and then the other the other story I wanted to share with you is um, in 2015, it was December, and Rick was on a deployment, and I had the three kids, and he had been um, gone for over a month already, and I was just in this funk. Like, I was just so sad. Like, I missed him, you know? And it's hard being a single mom. And, um, of course, it's Christmas time, and anyway, so I was just... I was sad, and it was when we were living in Alabama, and I was doing a Bible study with some ladies at the church, and in the Bible study, it was our homework at home, and it says, list in order, um, children, uh, husband, and God, like how in order that should go, and I have grown up in church, y'all, I knew the right answer, I was like, God, husband, children, and so I did that, but immediately, the Holy Spirit, like, pricked me, and was like, yeah, but you're putting your husband first, and you're allowing that that sadness to um, and that experience to to define you to be your God basically I was like oh. you're like how could I do that but I realized it and immediately I repented and then immediately that sadness lifted like it was just like a burden that I had been choosing to carry by making an ex a circumstance what was ruling my life at that time when that is not what Jesus asked me. My circumstances didn't change. He didn't come home. But that, but the Holy Spirit lifted that from me. It is supernatural. And I'm telling you, you need the Holy Spirit in your everyday life. Amen. And I'm just going to end with the Galatians, and then we're going to open the altars. But this is so awesome. So please listen. It's Galatians 4, 4 through 7. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. And I just, I want to open the altars and Pastor David come and whoever you would like to come pray. Um, and, and Rick's going to sing a... Um, a song I requested, but um, I don't want it to be too specific in what you should come to the altar for, but I want you to receive the Holy Spirit, and maybe, and we're never just like, all of us, or none of us can say, like, we are, we're there, like, come for more, I'm going to come, I'm going to ask for more of the power of the Holy Spirit, but um, or certainly, if, if you'd like to come for salvation, let, let's do that. Um, but if there's anything else, healing, I'm not restricting, but I just want to invite you to come to the altar and um, receive the Holy Spirit. And I love you guys. Let's do this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you so much. God has spoken to us today through song, 
through these young people acting out Christmas story, and especially through his word right now. Pastor, go ahead and sing. <laughs> 